You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Did you know, Becky, that we have a (laughs) Patreon site? Do we, Kate? We do! Oh, I love our Patreon site. I may be a little bit biased, but I think it's pretty awesome. Frickin' awesome! (laughs) So do you know what kind of content we have in there? Tell us. Go on, I'll tell you. So we have Forage Fridays, Muscle Mondays. We have all the sessions that you have with Trudy recorded and on there. All the behind the scenes stuff. The visits that I go do, for example, working with feral donkeys and how we get around that. All our workarounds, warts and all. Yeah. It's all there. Behaviour. Behaviour. We have forage. We have different species that we work with. We have... Fun little videos that we create on how to make herbal teas and stuff. Yeah, we have anatomy. We have enrichment ideas. Oh, there's tons. There is tons. There's lots and lots. And anybody that we interview as well, that goes on Patreon, doesn't it? Because you actually get to see their face. Yeah. On Zoom. Yeah. yeah. So our Shauna videos on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Our Heather Moffat one. Jesse Samson, Dr. Did you Emily Kisson is going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the top of the Patreon page and you can just search by the categories. So you can have training or targeting or stationary targeting. Loading. Loading. Loads of different stuff on there. It is only £8.33 a month. Yeah, for our Patreon site, which I think for the amount of content we get is great. And we have such a lovely group of patrons, but we want more people over, don't we? We We want to get the discussion started more. We do. And also our patrons will always get exclusive first choice to the events that we are holding and our CPD days. And they're in there too, actually, aren't they? They are. They are. We've got feature-length movies about feet and, and gut, gut biomes. Yeah, I know. Very so good. much content. So how can we get on? How can you find us on Patreon? Well, what you can do is just search for Little Green Stables and you will find it. And often with our social media posts, we're linking into that Patreon site. So you can just find one of our social media posts too. Or just Google Patreon Little Green Stables. Hello. Okay. Hi, Becky. <laughs> um... You're having a bit of a time with your cat, aren't you? Oh my God, I really am. I, do you know what? It's really hard. I'm, I'm struggling and, and I know people will be like, oh my God, don't be so pathetic, Kate. Don't but, be so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I, not having had a cat, really, before, we got Sage in October. Well, Sage came into my life, let's say. It wasn't, he chose me rather than the other way around. And um, over the last couple of days, I have come down in the morning feeling really good to find either a dead or a half dead baby animal on my kitchen floor and the first two times it was okay like the first time it was a vole and the first the second day it was like a baby rabbit and then yesterday I went downstairs and it was a baby rabbit but it was still half alive Mm. And that's what I find really difficult. And I phoned you, didn't I? You which did. I do. Which I do. Um, so anyway, unfortunately I had to deal with the rabbit um, because it was, you know, it just needed to be put out of its misery. And then this morning I walked down and I and there was nothing there and he'd come in and I was like, oh, well done, Sage. Like, I tried to give him loads of praise, hoping that he might think, oh, yeah, you know. 
And then I went to let Dottie out and I opened the back door and then there's a dead squirrel in my back door. <laughs> Just, I mean, I that's know, something to get to catch a honestly, squirrel. Honestly, he's, he's a really good hunter, but I know that I'm told that it's a nice thing because he's bringing me stuff. Because he does kind of look at me as if to go, here, look what I've brought you. <laughs> like, mm. I don't want it, Sage. So A, I'm slightly struggling my relationship with, stay, with Sage because it's very difficult to look at him in the same way sometimes when he's just killed a baby rabbit, which I know is, you know, is animals and stuff, but I guess it's the first time I've experienced this with a cat. You could look at it a different way, and we don't know this, but we know he's a hunter and he's a good hunter, but maybe the animals that he's catching aren't okay, which is why he's catching them. So I don't believe that. Well, I'm, maybe you don't believe it, but maybe that will help. Maybe I don't that's know. What I need to do so to maybe that. the vole was a little bit bally, so he just helped dispatch it. Maybe the rabbit was the not going to survive, so he just helped. I, I know that like that's the probably way not that the they truth. Play but... with them, like I've seen him. I heard him the other morning. This half dead rabbit, like chucking it around. It must have been chucking it around somewhere. He plays, and mm. it's that. It's it like, oh, can you just kill? Do. It is what cats Either do. Kill or Not don't all kill. cats. I mean, we we've we don't have cats now, but we've had always had cats. I've always grown up with cats and had cats, and we had three um, when the boys were little. Our, our last one died about eight nine years ago, and when the boys were younger, so we had two boys and a female. When the boy cats were younger, they were prolific hunters, massive hunters. The female used to chase leaves. She was much oh, sweeter. But so they were they were hunters and they'd never eat them. Or they would eat them, but they'd leave the guts. Um, which again... Yeah, is, Sage is never kind of eats. A, no, it, uh, some do and some don't. But, um, and often... Because it's not for food, because I make sure I give them loads of food. Oh yeah, yeah, I was no, thinking, it's, it's, it, it's an instinct. It's the hunt, isn't It's it? instinct, and it's, it's in, in, in him. It's what he needs to do. He's fulfilling his need. And, um, yeah. and I know it's, it's rough for you. It is a real downside. It's like when you wake up and it's a sunny day, and you're like, God, I feel really and good. And the birds are so, singing, yeah, and, and you're like, oh, it's so lovely, <laughs> and I love life, and da, da, da. And then I come downstairs, and then I'm presented with that, and that just starts my day off really I badly, because I'm like, oh, God, I've got to deal with this now. But, but you are, you well, are we were fulfilling gonna, his needs. True. So, so we that's are, another good thing. We have, someone has suggested a bell to mm-hmm. me. Now, I want to look into that, because <clears> I don't like just doing things not no, knowing No, and you do and have to have a breakaway collar for a cat, yes, if you're going to. Yes. So none of our cats had collars on. We've always lived in the country, but none of our cats have had collars on, because collars, they can hang themselves on collars, they can get trapped. So you do, if you're going to have a collar on your cat, make sure it's breakaway, because um, that's really important if they get stuck on a twig or yeah. anywhere... But also, the bell will work because Cricket's collar, she has a tag and yeah. that makes a noise so I can hear her because, again, she's, <laughs> she's a predator and um, she likes to hunt. So, But I wonder if it's, you know, um, in a way, because it will stop him from being able to... It may not fulfill. Oh, okay. It may not. It's a deterrent to. It's a. It's a warning sign for the wildlife. Yeah. But it's yeah. Not, exactly. It may not stop because he still might be able to. He's. He, it depends how how good a hunter he is and what he's hunting, doesn't it? 
Yeah. He hasn't yeah. done any frogs yet. We had a cat that used to bring in frogs all the time. We don't really have any frogs, I okay. don't think, around us. Yeah. We'll be moving soon, hopefully. So I think I'll just do a bell until... And then you have to keep him in for a while when you move. Because yeah, he needs to... He's going to be really Yeah, that's going to be that. hard for him. Like six months, really. Oh, my God. He'll yeah. destroy the house. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Anyway... On to brighter things. On to brighter things. So, if you're ever thinking about getting a cat, just just think about these things. Because the, yeah, bless I, I didn't it know is, about them. It is part and parcel of owning a cat. And mm. um, one thing that happened this morning, which was so gorgeous, oh, yeah. was I went out to poo pick, and all six of my horses were led down. Some were completely flat out. Reggie and Run were completely sparked, and Jim. And then Flan, Finn and Archie were just led down. Oh, uh, but they was... were in sternal recumbency. That's the one. That's the but one. remember remember the the Joe, Dr. Joe Batoni sleep thing? So yeah. you say you've got them sparked out. But they're not necessarily. But they're not. There's only a 10%. Well, according to Dr. Joe Batoni, there's only a 10% chance that yeah. they are having their REM yeah. sleep when they're laid out, yeah. isn't it? So they were all snoozing REM or sleeping, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the fact yeah. that they felt safe enough and secure enough to all be on the ground mm-hmm. off their feet was just really lovely. Moment. Do you think Finn has anything to do with that? Because they, Finn, just talk about Finn coming into the herd because I was talking to Trudy about this the other mm. day and I was saying, so it's been super easy. Like you didn't, As we always talk easiest. about this process of swapping poo and then we tape it off and then we, you know, it's a real slow process of introducing horses. But actually your herd is so grounded that mm. when another horse comes in, they just seem to really, it's just easy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't so easy with Smudge, but I think. But she had a lot going, going on. on. Yeah. And she's in there. Um, but Sven, when we had Sven for a short time, he came into the herd and he settled really quickly. Mm. Um, and my herd are generally very, very solid. They're very solid. There's, yeah. they, there's so much space for one thing. So there's no, you can't corner anybody. Yeah. So that whole, um, and there's water in lots of areas. Yeah. And there's, obviously there's food abundant. So there, there's no... Um, rush to an area because that holds the best resource so I have it's I'm very lucky in that sense that we've they've got a lot of space to get away from each other if they need to yeah um and so Finn arrived and I put him in the field and he literally just put his head down he'd had a traumatic time because his field mate had died and then he had to travel four hours and so he'd had a tough time so he was pooped bless him Mm. but um he he settled really quickly and I was going to do the whole hay either side and the poo and and I put my guys in the field next to him and they just all like looked at him literally and went hello and put their heads down and carried on eating and I thought this is really bizarre there was no running up no. to the fence there was no Who's um this? yeah it was Quite bizarre chaos. so I said to Rachel who who is Finn's owner I said I'll probably put them in together tomorrow because this looks really good well, by the afternoon, I thought, this is just silly. They're just ignore- they're just not... It's like he's always been here. Yeah. He's not really... They're ignoring each other, you know. And um, so I opened the fields. And there was a little bit of a, oh, who are you, or who are you? But it was literally a, 
oh, you've come to join us, have you? And it seriously was just has just been like that. So I've seen him roll, I've seen him sleep, I've seen him, you know, almost from day one, which is... Yeah, it's lovely. It's, it is lovely. It is really lovely. And I love, um, I love the herd. I want to do a podcast on the retired horse. We talked about yes. this, didn't we, the other day? Because I, I was chatting to my vet yesterday and we were talking about a client whose horse is very angry ridden. So he's, that's, that's the label. He's mm -hmm. a very angry horse under saddle. And he's a very angry horse in the field. And um, so the owner's now thinking of euthanasia. And um, I, I sort of said, OK, we know he's angry in under saddle because he's in pain. Mm. We don't know where the pain is. You run out of money. We can't MRI him now because the insurance is gone. Um, and also he is dangerous under saddle because he's in pain. Yeah, so, yeah. And then she said, well, he won't be happy retired because he's... He's not happy in the field. And I'm like, well, he's not happy in the field because he's still in pain. Yeah. Regardless of whether you're sitting on him or not, you, he's still in pain. He's still got chronic stress. You know, so there's, a, there's all that going yeah. on. So I said, if you can, give him to the end of the summer before you make, before you make that decision. Because we need to get on top of the pain. Just because yeah. we haven't got a diagnosis doesn't, and you're not riding him doesn't mean that the pain stops. And yeah. it's a real... Um, interesting blockage in the human brain that we kind of don't put those two things together yeah. or some yeah. people don't anyway but it's just an isolated and I was chatting to my vet about it and I said you know I have now four retired horses who have such an important role in their herd yeah. they don't have an important role in my world and as in a human you know and they do because they're part of my herd but do you see what I mean to to a human they're not important but actually to each other, they are the most important things. Yeah. And it, and it kind of amazes me that, that we have this, this um, that we devalue them when their value to us yeah. diminishes. Yeah. You know, so they, we can't use them anymore in, yeah, as an inverted... based on what they can give us. Yes. And that's fucked up, man. Yeah, it is. You go, Becky. Yeah. So <laughs> I do want to do a podcast about the non-ridden or the or the retired horse because their value is so important. Yes. They are massively important. But anyway, we digress because today we're talking about jargon, which is jargon. Technical jargon. Yeah. All the, all the, all the words. All the animal behaviour you know acronyms and yeah and actually interestingly you've come up with one recently and I'm like I've got no idea what that is and actually it, which you I think you got from Trudy what, you what kept saying it? uh what is it d oh um dri dro and dra yeah don't know what they are well when I say them you will know what they are okay go on so dri is differential reinforcement of incompatible behavior Okay. So you know what that is. Yeah, I know what that, I just never knew the acronym. So if you've got a behaviour that you, you would rather not, an undesired behaviour, mm -hmm. <laughs> that you, because that's this is another, isn't it? Yeah, you don't exactly. use good or bad, yeah. or wanted or unwanted. But I suppose wanted or unwanted you do, but it's, it's normally desired or yeah. undesired yeah. again. It's exactly. like, oh, we're just, it's just, <gasps> go yeah. think about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you have, you've got to think about it. So, um, it's basically, if you've got a behaviour that's undesirable, you give a behaviour that cannot occur at the same time. So, for example, with Squawk, 
if, um, well, I'm cleaning the cage out, Scork sometimes wants to join in. Yeah. But there is a tendency that he might, or a, or a worry from me that he might also peck my head. Yeah. Or my boob. <laughs> or, or any part of me that I can't, because I can't see him when I've got my head in his cage. He's yeah. out of his cage, yeah. but I've got my head in his cage and I'm cleaning it. And he's like on his cage, like lurking. And I'm kind of a bit worried that I might get a little bit of a, yeah. a, a, a bit bite. So what I can do is station him on his perch with an almond, which I know is going to take him some time to eat yeah. while I clean his cage out. So that is an example of... Differential reinforcement of an incompatible behaviour. Nice. A DRI. What it doesn't do is solve the problem. No. So this is the thing you've got to be really careful with with DRIs is because you're not solving the problem. No, absolutely. But maybe to begin with, the DRI is helpful until you get your head around how you're going to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It keeps you safe in the, in the meantime, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So then there's a DRO... Okay. Which is differential reinforcement of other behaviour. So that is, you reinforce the absence of the unwanted behaviour. Okay. So basically, um, I'm trying to think of one with rum. So rum can sometimes, um, and this is, again, my training error, he likes to, so he'll be eating, he'll be, I've given him a reward, and I'm not quick enough with my next cue, so he'll start to pour. Yeah. Yeah? So for that, then, I need to give him a cue whilst he's still eating, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Which, which is kind of not great training, but uh, because I'd like him to finish. But because I'm quite fast with my cues, yeah. I have kind of created that problem. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I'm cheering. Normally you give me, me a cue, cue. Yeah. and you haven't, so I'm going to start pouring. Yeah? yeah. So that's that would be an example of that. I don't think that's a great example, but anyway, I hope you, no, are, no, you yeah, understand. It makes it. sense, yes. And then there's DRA, which is differential reinforcement of alternative behaviour. So that's reinforcing a behaviour that serves as an alternative to the unwanted behaviour. Okay, do you have an example of that? Um, well, I suppose that would be, I'm trying to think of an example, I haven't written one down. Um, okay, so maybe that would be after you've trained through maybe the DRO. Yeah, okay, so, <clears throat> yeah. So, Rum's on the mat, he's finished, he's finished eating, or he's just about to finish eating, and I've trained him, instead of to pour, to walk to the next mat. Yeah. But I don't have to cue it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So he knows he's maybe um, eating his food, and before he gets his next cue, he just walks to the next mat. So he yeah. doesn't pour. Yeah. So that would be an example. Does that yeah. make sense? That makes perfect sense. So yeah, DRI, DRO, DRA. Ah. Well, now I know. But you know so, it. Yeah, no, I know those, but I just didn't know the acronyms. I know. Them. When you were saying DRI, I was like, I don't know. What I know. <laughs> and it is this jargon, but it is important... That we understand it, I suppose. Yeah. And that if we want to explain it. So for the lay people, which I consider myself as a lay person in behaviour, you know, not I'm not behaviourist, you're the behaviourist, Judy's the behaviourist, Maisie, you know, and all the other people that we, you know, bow down to. Yeah. But I am the lay person. So if I'm trying to explain something to a behaviourist to try and help me with a problem, I can then say, 
I would like a DRO for this. Could you help me? It would be so good that you went like my first client and then said that and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but then I would I say will. a differential, you know, reinforcement then you'd be like, of other behaviour and then you'd go, well, why didn't you just say? <laughs> you know, I know be... that's the thing. We do get quite excited <clears throat> about these um, acronyms and stuff as well, don't we? Do you know, we? it's the same in the anatomy world. That, you know, We're the not... same in the business world as well. Uh, the yeah. low-hanging fruit and... You know, oh all that yeah, kind of I know, and it's it's just uh, you know a lot of the time it's just speak bloody English, you know, or French yeah. or German or you know just speak normal, <laughs> yeah. just speak normal, yeah, yeah. you know. But we, I have it. I mean, I've been teaching you know the students, and we have to talk about insertions and origins of muscles. We have to talk about ligaments and tendons and all the technical stuff. But realistically, when you're with a client, if you start talking like that, they're just going to think you're a complete yeah. knob. Yeah. You know, it's like don't because it's just. We don't need to swallow an anatomy book. And it's a bit the same, I suppose, with the behaviour. But I think from... I quite like learning these because yeah, I yeah. feel like I understand it a little bit more, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it can sound very um, intimidating when you say DRI. That means differentials. I know. It's a little bit... Yeah. But it's important in, you know... I'm just need putting to it out there that it's no, I interesting. That. I love that. Okay, let's see what I... Maybe. I did get some others. Do you want me to go through the others or not? Because you've got quite a few, haven't you? Sure. So I have um, ROR. Yeah. Rate of reinforcement. Yeah. VS. Variable schedule. schedule. And then, obviously, I've got counter conditioning and operate conditioning. So you've yeah. got, though, I think you're going to go into more detail with those. Matching law. So give them the choice of two or more concurrent schedules of reinforcement that are available so that the animal will match the response rate to the rate of value of reinforcement. Yeah. Um, and then I just like this one because Trudy uses this a lot, but okay. it's not it's not technical. It's more... Um, it's a Trudyism. A, a Trudyism. An acronym that Trudy. I don't know. Up. No, it's not, it's not really an acronym. Ac oh. Acronym. It's not really one of those, but it's a bit... It's not... It's more slang. Okay. So it's not jargon, as in technical jargon. Yeah. It's more slang. Click fishing. Love mm -hmm. it. She says, rum is click fishing. And rum does that a lot. Mm. Yes. So What and, can I do to get the food? Yeah. This yeah. yeah. So he, he is click fishing. And that comes all back to like <clears throat> stimulus control, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and again, it's about, I think, about speed. So with me being super fast, going, you know, we're going to do this, 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 this. You're well, very efficient, like focused Person. Yeah, and I think Trudy kind of goes, now wait, now, and of course, Rum's like, no, we don't wait. <laughs> so then comes the click fishing, you yeah. know, and it's not frustration, there's a difference. It, it's, a, it's more of a, um, it's, it's more, f it, it's not, because um, you do get click fishing with frustration, yeah. but it's, and you would see that in Reggie more. Yeah. Rum doesn't tend to get frustrated because he'll just walk away. Yeah. Rum's very good at going, well, I'm not playing the game, so I'm going to go and walk away. <laughs> As where Reggie's like, no, I'm in the game. I need to be in the game. You know, he's, his is much more frustration. Yeah, yeah. As where Rum is definitely, um, I want to control this session. Yeah. So I am going to tell you when I need the click. Yeah. That, and that's what happens. <laughs> love him. So, um, yeah. So cool. What have you got, lovely? Okay. So I have um, ABC chain. Okay. Any ideas? Antecedent behaviour consequence. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then I have SD. Oh, 
I want to see that. I don't know why I just think sexual disease. Yeah. It's kind of. <laughs> so it's the other way around. So SD stands Is it? for. Is it? It's a disease of sex. No, <laughs> no. no. It's discriminative stimulus. Okay, so that is the immediate antecedent or stimulus that evokes the behaviour. Can you give me an example? Because my brain is a little fried on Cone. that. Cone. Okay. That's your. That's your stimulus, the cone, one yeah. touches the cone. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, uh, back chaining. You know this one. Yeah, I do you know back chaining? And um, we've done, so back chaining and forward chaining. Yes. And I like back chaining. Um, we do do some of that with Trudy and we do forward cha- chaining. And I have learnt that with forward chaining... Should we just say what forward chain? Yeah, go on, you, you do it. You, you, no, no, you do it. Because I've said a lot about DRIs and DROs and DRAs. Well, <laughs> forward chaining is simply when you're shaping a behaviour. So you start at the beginning and then you build the behaviour and you chain it to the final pattern or whatever it is that you want. Or you can have a succession of behaviours. Yes. So yes, a pattern. Exactly, a yeah. pattern, yeah. And then you start with the beginning of the final behaviour first, where with back chaining you start with the end, end bit first and then work backwards, yeah. which is... What have you done with Trudy on back chaining? Can you remember an example of... Well, we've done a lot of patterns and loops with yeah. the mountain block and the mats. So, And we do back and forward with both. Yeah. So we might start um, at... So we might start at the mountain block, yeah. which would be your beginning yeah. Point, yeah. point, or we might start at the end mat. Yes. And back chain it. Yeah. So because because also the mountain block is a really um, desired behaviour for rum. So and because with forward chaining, the first behaviour is quite is nearly always it's the also, strongest. Yes. Yeah. So and because he loves the mountain block, which we want, but also it can be a bit you know. So yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, play yeah. with it with back chaining. So with birds. And animals in the sh- in shows, so the zoo, you know, when you go to a zoo and you go and watch um, the you know the, the birds of prey, for example, or you might go, I know I'm going to say Sea World or somewhere like that, and we all know that it's it's not ethical, but let's you know face it, it's around, it's there, and I went to Sea World. I've had a, to have this. So we're child. going to Florida, as you know, <coughs> yeah, finally this lucky year, you. massive family trip with all of like my, my brother and my parents and stuff, and I've had to say, look, I will not be coming to SeaWorld when we go. I cannot go there. I just, you know, I'll find it really difficult. I have been to SeaWorld once. Yeah. My grandmother was one I of those it. people that turned in the um, killer whale turns, you know, oh, when they bless spin. Her. Yeah. And, um, but I don't think I could no. now. I don't think I could now. I went as a as a youngster with me and Brian went, again, a big family holiday. We were, we were... God, I think we were 20, and um, it was a long time ago, and I loved it. I, I loved absolutely it. You, loved it, you know but what? it's not right. No, I know. And what? I knew it wasn't right when we were do, really doing it, but I loved it, and I wouldn't go now. No, I think I'm too, I was too young. I was only about 14, I think, or 13 <clears throat> yeah. when we went, but I remember going, and then I wrote to SeaWorld because I wanted to do that job. I think we all did it. Yeah. It's a bit like Jim will fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just and then you we all did those things. Think, yeah, 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 I know. But then, interestingly enough, you know, lots of people have different opinions on SeaWorld and stuff. And obviously, Shauna 
started yeah. there and she has her own opinion and she is someone that has worked there mm. so you know it's interesting everybody has their yeah, own opinion yeah they do on it. they so do we'll, but, we'll but, but that one. in those sort of shows and in um, birds of prey shows they will use um forward chaining because what they want is the behavior of the animal or backward chaining so they want the behavior of the animal going into their cage or into their kennel or wherever it is they're kept to be the strongest behavior so if you've got if you think about it, if you've got birds flying in a bird show yes and that bird show finishes you need to know that your bird is going to go back into its home yes but usually that isn't the because you don't do that at liberty with birds do you so what you do is the final behavior would be fly to my hand to get the chick depends and then depends. you hold on to them well that's if it's a bird of prey yeah. if you're doing oh, a I'm parrot or my area is bird of prey obviously i know so your expertise is falconry and mine a long is... time with my ex-husband doing that <laughs> yeah but but i'm talking about you know your parrots or your macaws because yeah, they true. do a lot of free flight and they do a lot of shows and and so yeah it's it's about getting them to go back or crows and ravens it's about getting them back into their cages or back yeah so they train that yeah and also you have birds but you have birds in bird shows that that aren't aren't peopleized peopleized you know they don't yeah. yeah so they don't come to the hand so they need to be trained to go back to their tree or to their... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Anyway, well, that go. explains Sorry, back just... chaining and forward chaining. Yes. Okay. And, sure. and a behaviour chain, obviously, is a series of behaviours that are linked together. Yes. Okay. Uh, bridging stimulus. Yeah. Go on then. You explain that. Give a give That's a the example. That's the clicker. So the click is the bridging stimulus before you deliver the reward. Yeah. And that is the bit that we are conditioning, is that click. It's not the reward, it's the click. The click means there's something good coming after That's this. what I wanted. Marker. It's your marker. Yeah, it's like your yes. Well yeah. done. Okay. Um, classical conditioning. So that's a learning process that occurs when two stimuli are repeatedly paired together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Can we, we have an example. Opera, um, yeah, so um, you touch the cone and then food comes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. 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 We're going to just use cone for everything. Then you have operant conditioning. Now, operant conditioning is when, so we've got four, like, uh, what you got? Quadrants? Oh, I know. lost my words. Yes, four quadrants. Yeah. The operant <laughs> quadrants. Yeah, yeah. So they are, you know... Negative reinforcement, punish, um, positive reinforcement, negative punishment, positive punishment. And within that, when you're training with that, in that, it's called operant conditioning mm. because we are always um, working on uh, kind of creating a behaviour, mm-hmm. I guess. It's the easiest mm. way to... So with operant conditioning, does it... Now, I don't know whether I'm right with this or not. My head's a bit fuzzled today too, but... Um, Is it right that it doesn't matter about the emotional state of the animal, as where with classical conditioning it does? No, I don't don't think so. So what I would say is, with operant conditioning, it's not that it doesn't matter the emotions of the animals. It's the thing that we have to remember is we're always asking something. We're always... um, We always have an agenda within that operant... 
uh, quadrant. So we're always asking for, um, you know, the horse coercing them pretty much like either, you know, in whichever way we do that to get elicit a behavior that we want. Okay. Whereas classical conditioning, what happens is like Pavlov's dogs. So remember, they started Salivate. salivating. Yeah. So like they've, it's like um, if uh, when the car turns up, if the car turns up, the, the horses horse know you're there, yeah, and they yeah. know, yeah. So that's that kind of it's like that classical pairing. But with operant, it's not that we don't. It's just that no, within that, it's a very clinical. The operant conditioning is like. A plus B equals C, you yeah, know, yeah. where, and then beyond the operant, which, yeah, a lot which of people you've been talk talking about, about is where Emily those, emo- yeah, where the emotions are taken into, um, account and how do we have those conversations, but without there being kind of an end goal from us mm-hmm. and, you know, there's massive, massive that we won't go into, you know, beyond, beyond the, operant. the operant. No, because we need to have them back on, don't we, to talk about that. We do, we do. Okay. Extinction burst. Yeah. Do you remember? We've talked about that, and that's when um, you let a behaviour play out. So extinction is... Extinction... Well, extinction can be good or bad. Yeah. Or wanted or unwanted. Yeah. For desired and undesirable. Um, So you extinguish your behaviour by by shaping. If you're really... If you want to really, like, nitty-gritty... So if you're shaping putting the head collar on Mm -hmm. you know they put the nose through the head collar and then you that would be your first step Mm -hmm. kind of thing you want that you want that and then you want the next thing so you kind of extinguish the first thing because the behavior now is step one and step two do you see what I mean so it's that but it also can be when the horse or animal gets frustrated and they might do something over and over and over again and you ignore it and then it's they stop doing it yeah so like the cone like horses that love the comb. Yeah. They do it again and again and again. And you yeah. stop rewarding it. Yeah. And then the it extinguishes the... Um, yeah. But uh, after what happens is is after that, you have like an extinction burst. And actually, a good example of this is when you're at the table, say, having your dinner, and your dog is <sighs> like trying to get your food, and you're ignoring him, ignoring him, ignoring him that behaviour will actually get... He'll try more yes, first yes. before it actually... So it's a good thing in Extinction Burst because it means that extinction is happening. Mm. Um, so it just increases mm. the behaviour, mm. basically. Well, it is a good thing if it's something that you don't want, but it can be a bad thing. If, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You kind of have to ride through that Extinction Burst <coughs> yes. for it to happen. You to, when and you see it, you have to know that, oh, okay. That is an Extinction yeah. Burst. Because a lot of people, what they do is they see it and they go, oh, the training hasn't Didn't worked. Work. Yeah. But it has. It's just you just need to yeah. ride that wave a little bit longer. Um, okay, so fixed interval reinforcement is um, when a behaviour is reinforced after a specific period of time. Now, we're going to go through each of these because they can get a little bit careful. Careful? Confusing. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so fixed interval is a behaviour that is reinforced after a specific period of time. Fixed ratio is a behaviour that is reinforced after a number of responses. So you say, okay, well, I'm going to ask Ron oh. to touch that comb five times. Yeah, so that would be a fixed ratio. ratio. Yeah. See, this is that's just confusing, isn't it? It's like the DR. It's confusing. Yeah. Habituation. 
Yeah. What's the difference between habituation and desensitisation? Do you think? Um. Oh. Well, I know they're different, but I'm going to struggle to put it into words because my head is a bit... That's okay. Muddled. So you tell me. So... <laughs> habituation is just... Well, I would think of a habit, but no, it's not, is it? It's different. It's habituation is different to habit. So desensitization is when you, for example, um, a bit of tarp, say, and you're asking your horse to go over the tarp, and you might start with just the tarp in the field, and then you might start with them just sniffing the tarp, and then you might start with... So you're desensitizing them to them. Mm. By the end of this whole desensitization progress, they might be stood on the tarp eating their food, or you might have the tarp on top of them while they're eating their food, you know, yeah. that, or they might yeah. go under the tarp, blah, blah, blah. Habituation, you explain. Okay, so desensitization, we're quite involved in that. We have like a plan of going, right, okay, well, this is a step, yeah, I'm going to take yeah. this system. Whereas habituation is the ability to get used to and stop reacting to them. So it's like putting the trailer in the field. Yeah. With the horse, but yeah. not actually having a shaping plan or anything so like that. Be, They're just getting used to it in their own time. Yeah, so it's like having horses next to the motorway or yeah. the railway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, they, they've habituated to that train going past. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got you. Okay. I L- did know that. You did know that. Yeah. Latency. Is that when there's a... No, no, you say. So latency is the time between the cue and the response. Yeah, yeah. Luring. Hmm. So luring can be a... Can I just say where I think this is quite interesting? Going back to birds of prey, because this is where I I get Mm. it from. So you have it with falcons, you have a lure Mm. that you swing around Mm. that's got like a dead chick in it or I don't know. Something a bit of rabbit or, or, or something like that. And then you're luring them mm. in with mm. that, that food that's moving around. Mm. So Which could also be seen as coercive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's the same It's the it's same. The same yeah, it, it's the same. Some people do use luring in their training, though. And I well, think I've that used luring. Is... We've talked about luring. Yeah. I've, I've used luring with Squawk for luring him to come onto my hand yeah, at the end of the... Yeah, behaviour. Yeah, and then I have to change it to not luring or coercive. But I think... I think luring and coercion happens daily within our lives with people and animals, doesn't it? It's yeah. part of it, and it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as it's done with the right. I'm doing but it with sage. It doesn't moment. sound nice, does it? No. Luring and coercion. It sounds deceitful. Yeah, I have to do it with sage at the moment. So I'm trying to train <laughs> sage, and um, so at the moment we're just doing eye contact, mm. which. You know, I questioned because I was like, oh, making him look in my eyes. Is that, how ethical is that? And blah, blah, But mm. the thing is with cats, because I'm completely new to cats, is I didn't realise that, because I've ne- never taken any interest in cats because I've always been allergic and not like them. That's why. And so mm. I'm really clueless about them. Um, you, when you call their name, they just don't look at you. I'm so used to dogs. And it's like, what? why are you not looking at me and answering when I'm saying sage? So what I want to do is put on cue, okay, if I say your name Sage, you kind of look at me and we're, there's going to be a, yeah, some kind yeah. of command, just just some kind of connection, Sage, yeah. please, just anything. And um, <laughs> that's all I'm asking. And so what I do is I use, I use a treat in my hand and then I put it up to my eyes, say eyes, and then when he looks, I reward. 
Okay. Yeah, and so at the moment, and then I'll so I'll you're change luring that. him. I'm with, luring with him that to cheat. like yeah, follow it and go. Yeah. As, yeah. So that's the we're at the very beginning at the moment, but okay. that's what we're on. Yeah. I'll let you know how that one goes. <laughs> Um, successive approximations. So these are tiny steps, Little aren't they? Little baby steps, yeah. yeah. On to creating a bigger behaviour. So within, within every behaviour, there's lots of tiny little incremental steps that we take. And it's breaking those down. And, and sometimes off- I think that we don't notice them. So we as trainers and don't notice the successive approximations that the horse or the animal might be doing themselves to get to what we think is the next step. But actually, I've noticed that too, especially because Trudy will break your training down. Well, so that's what I was <clears throat> going to say. If you're not getting a behaviour properly, usually it's because you've taken two bigger yeah. steps and you yeah. can break it down, like even one step, you can break that down into five other steps. Yeah, and I, again, I am guilty of going... It goes one, two, three, but actually for the animal, I've gone one, five, ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're great at teaching. I think that is definitely a human, most humans do that, I think. Okay, so, right. VSR, variable schedule of of reinforcement. reinforcement. Um, So that is either a variable um, interval or a variable ratio. Mm -hmm. So, um, reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So yeah, we that talked makes about sense. those. And then we've got um variable interval of um schedule of reinforcement, and that's where behavior is reinforced after varying periods of time within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have a variable ratio schedule of reinforcement, and that is after a number of correct responses. Yeah. They get the reward. But we do reward every click. Which I know some people don't. Yeah, and some people have this uh, carry-on click, don't they? Keep going a and carry-on click. Carry-on click? Oh, it's like a new <laughs> film. A new film. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like a keep going. A keep going signal. Yeah, I know that I think Shauna a keep... does a keep going click. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't know too much about it. I haven't looked no. into it too much. But I, she's, she definitely... Um, I remember I think her some, saying she, I think, used, she yeah. uses it. I think sometimes I'll say good or yes, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. without even thinking. And maybe that is a keep going signal. Um, but I don't know how much the animal really, I don't know. I don't think I've trained that, but I do think I use it. But I do believe if you click, you should reward. Yes. You, but people, some people don't. It's trained, you click, and then that, to say that was the right behaviour but I want more of it, so I'm, you have to wait for another click. That does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't use that in our training. No. Any others? That's what I've got. Okay. We need to end on a good thing, happy Would you, thing. Um... <laughs> we're both pooped aren't we we are we're, we're really, really, really 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 tired, tired. <laughs> and we've got um our trip coming up yeah which is going to be awesome and so we're going to be recording some podcasts and we're going to get sarah in on our podcast yeah well, that'll be really good and we're going to go and train now our exciting oh the thing we've been working on we've yeah. got a deadline i think have we I, well yeah obviously Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs>
If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye.